Hello and welcome to another rousing edition of Trending Topics with BB. I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. Well, we are back for a music-related episode and my lovely guest. But before I introduce my guests, yes, there are two on this episode, I want to remind you that if you are listening to this podcast on any of the assorted platforms out there, please leave a favorable rating and comment. It helps the algorithm sort and suggest this podcast to other listeners that may enjoy this podcast. So please do so if you haven't already, and tell your friends and family to check out the many episodes of this podcast. Uh, So without further ado, I want to introduce my guests. My guests are a lovely duo, uh, Joel and Beverly Wild. They have been gracious enough to chat with me on this episode to talk about their new released music, talk about other music that uh, Bev's been featured on because she has a wonderful voice, and we talk about those origin stories and a lot more about their musical influences. So without further ado, I'll give you my chat with Joel and Bev Wild. Well, thank you guys for joining. I appreciate uh, you joining the podcast because like I said, I've been listening to Bev on repeat since Marcus Schultz's Dakota album. Um, but before we kind of dive into that, I did want to kind of let the listeners kind of get to know you guys and, and I know you guys are married, but I also wanted to show out like your creative ideas before we talk about your music that is awesome. So I guess my first question for you guys is kind of just to introduce yourselves and kind of talk about your journey in the music industry and and kind of the creative writing you've done and all that cool stuff that I'm interested to learn about. Okay. Um, I can start with that. Beverly can just keep going. (laughs) we've We've known each other over 30 years. We've been married, but we just celebrated our 30th anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, right before all the COVID stuff in January, we had a 30th. And um, we met, like I said, when we were kids, we were still teenagers. And we just um, met. I was um, in a band with some friends, just doing the band thing. And Beverly would come to our rehearsals and sing, and I'm just going out and start singing. Back up, back up, back up. And then when I heard the voice, I thought she needs to be singing a lot more. So she was just singing a lot more. And then life got busier for everybody all in college and taking off and doing the thing. Me and Beth were figuring out what we wanted to do with our lives. And we were falling in love at the same time and getting married and all of that stuff. But we're still doing music together. And we spent Probably the first five years, five years of our marriage um, in a band to travel all over the place, all over the states. We went over to um, Europe, and, and back then it was um, a Christian band. We were raised in the church, and we were doing that whole Christian music thing. It was something we really, um, at the time, believed and had a lot of fun doing it. It went a lot of great things, and we recorded a few. Uh, projects together and we made before you believe um stuff still on, on spotify way back then and a lot of stuff that we're still really proud of today we really love what we were doing back then but then uh got busy with with family with kids raising raising the family and i was working in a recording studio producing a lot of artists learning how to be a recording engineer and Beverly was still staying involved and occasionally here and there and helping me produce and just 
doing a lot of that music for 20 years, going back and forth to Nashville, just having a career in music um, on a production engineering side as well as occasional artistry. And, um, you know, raised our kids while doing all that. And, and long story short, our kids are raised now and <laughs> they still, they still, uh, you know, come back when they need help every now and then. And, you know, you're never, never going to be totally gone, but we're just on our own now. One thing. And so. Yeah, the past couple of years, we've just been really trying to finish a lot of songs that we've had for many years. Um, yeah, they're just sitting on our on our hard drive. And we're like, you know, we, we started doing music again. And the start does, you know, she's always been doing her, her own thing. Thing that we do with a while, just a bunch of our songs we had that were kind of finishing. Um, and that, you know, that came out of, um, you know, just Bev getting back in, in music and meeting Marcus, releasing some tracks with him, narrowing his Dakota project, and just kind of got us back into just doing music for fun again. And that's where we're at right now, just having fun writing songs and making them as good as we can make them. And, Putting out there. Putting out there. That's awesome. So you, you mentioned you guys were, you know, the band um, and kind of like the Christian music background. Yeah. So how has that propelled your, your journey going forward? Because, yeah, you mentioned, and I know, Bev sings beautifully and you guys are releasing these new tracks we're about to talk about, but kind of talk about the journey from kind of the band and, and to kind of like the electronic side of music? Well, I'd say Joel has always had electronica um, style where he writes the songs that he comes up with. And when we were in our Christian band, we got, you know, the national deal, we were signed to EMI. It was kind of a new thing for, you know, artists back then. Um, and they didn't know quite what to do with it because it was like, oh, this is dance music. We made an L, a great record with them, and basically we're just doing what we do. It wasn't like we set out um, to do any type of genre or label this or another. We were just singing about, you know, what was going on in our life, what we saw during Blue Seeker's life, and um, then going back to the genre thing, always, it's always been kind of hard to um, give our music like a specific genre. A lot of people say it's poppy, indie, house, like, I don't know, indie progressive. They come up with all, you know, I'll ask people, what do you think this sounds like? And they're like, it sounds like you guys. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, we're influenced by a lot of different people, of course. Um, yeah, it's always, we've always, like, just me as a, as a kid, music, like, I was always into, as far as bands, like, R.E.M., The Smiths, all of that kind of stuff, but I always had... I like Depeche Mode and New Order and all the all the bands that had synths in them and electronica. Duran Duran, of course. Yeah, and then I you know, <laughs> just always had that vibe and like Cascade or early Cascade, like his first couple of records were a big influence for us, like BT, um, Sneaker Pimps, Portishead, all of that stuff. Just uh, Bjork is just like a huge influence. Um, it just you know, it just kind of naturally happened. We just stayed, you know, we, you know, we tried to like just make 
our sound, a certain sound, do a certain thing. And finally, we just like take all these elements of what we like, anything from, you know, quarter's head to Sade and just mash it together and um, kind of make our own thing, just doing stuff that we like now. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it um, because when I was listening to your tracks, I felt like there was like a Duran Duran vibe. So we'll get into that in a minute. But um, I kind of want to go back to something that we kind of have already touched on. Um, so you mentioned you, were in, you, you did producing and, and sound engineering. When you were doing that, is that kind of when you guys um, met Marcus and Marcus, did Marcus reach out to you for his project or kind of how did that collaboration come about? Um, actually, we just met him through some friends and um, to be honest, like we're not, we're not really tr trance heads. I mean, I, we love trance, but it was kind of like an introduction into that whole world for us because we, you know, we like, what are some of the guys like? Uh, Paul Van Dyke, and you know. Yeah, it, we're more we're more like on the, um, you know, I would say techno, just more the house music, like like trance. I was like really into that scene really early on, like the early two thousands or the, you know, the early rave stuff when trance was just really super fast and, and Alice DJ and all that yeah. era. That's when I was like really into that, and then I kind of you know we kind of left that scene and and, and kind of was out of music, and then when we met Marcus we really weren't in the scene at all. So for us, when we met him, we were just like, oh, he's this, guy's, this guy's cool. We had like, what was cool, we didn't have no idea who he really was. Yeah, so it was very organic. <laughs> he mentioned that he had been wanting, he had this idea and wanting to do a uh, remake of uh, Kate Bush song, Running Up That Hill. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, an epic song. I love her. And he was like, well, do you want to try it? <laughs> and so... Yeah, those guys went out to get takeout and they left me in the studio. So I just put down a little piano um, track of the chord progression. And then they came back and Bev went in the vocal booth and just laid down a bunch of vocals of the song. And then Marcus just like, yes, yes. So he took that, he built the track and then sent me the track. And then at our home studio, we recorded the real vocals. And... Bev just did all the vocals at home and then we just sent them back to Marcus and, and he mixed them and, and built his track and, and loved it and, and, you know, really liked working like that. So we collaborated probably on, on like two or three of the songs on um, Dakota. The Nine Media, Skies. Yeah, the yeah. Nine Skies, we, we collaborated some of the music on that. And then he, he had, they were in the studio mixing and he's like, I need someone to narrate. So he's trying different voices different people to narrate and it's like, Bev, I like your voice here, read this. I'll read this. And so she read it and it's like, I love this. Can you narrate this whole thing? We're like, okay. So he would just send us paragraphs of things he was writing for that project and we'd record them a bunch of different ways and do things and, and he sent them back to him. He chopped it up and made that whole record with Bev's voice narrating. Yeah, it was a it was a pleasant surprise to be able to be such a big part of that project well i thought it was great because what like i saw him debut it at one of the dream states i believe a few years ago yeah and, we were yeah and uh what was cool about that whole thing was that it was like the first time an artist in that arena had any kind of like narration and it 
and it added to the whole theatrical part of it. And it was just, I loved it. But a lot of people looked at me and were just kind of dumbfounded and they had to kind of like grasp it over time. (laughs) So I think that's really cool. I think it was really a cool concept, but I don't know if people were quite ready for it. Cause it it was, I mean, it touches on a lot of heavy subjects. Um, You know, you go on a journey of, it's a whole story going on. And um, yeah, you have to kind of watch it after, I think, to really understand what it's all about. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where the universe just kind of converged to make this cool thing yeah. because because we're not super, you know, like in that whole scene. We don't know, but we totally connected with what he was trying to say on that and the message of it and, and what was going on. It just felt right and just, just happened. It was just good. And, and I had so much fun in the studio with him because it was just great to be hanging out and listening to the way he writes and what he does and how he puts his thing together and it was cool I, I learned a lot from him and um, he, you know he took some things from us and, and in between working we jam 80s tracks and dance <laughs> around the room you know we there's many times just all you know all of us just dancing and yeah. listening to 80s, 80, 80s songs like <laughs> like imagine marcus schultz dancing to madonna well <laughs> yeah well when him and i have spoken in the past he's talked about his favorite track is actually Pet Shop Boys. So he loves the 80s. Um, yep. And you can kind of hear it in a lot of even the trance he produces. So I think that's awesome. So cool. So I know I've teased it a- enough for the listeners that will be listening to this podcast, but I really want to talk about your new tracks because you have two versions, one that you've released with Omer, which he's a, he was actually on this podcast early as well. So we go back so it's cool that you collaborated with him and his label. And then I love the house version that you released as a, well, recording it the day after, but also. So let's just talk about kind of after my listens, like I said, I saw, I felt the kind of Duran Duran 80s vibe that you guys have talked about. Yeah. Um, so the vo- I just love the, the way you guys did the vocals in it um, because it kind of touched on like, Depeche Mode and Simon Le Bon singing. So talk about why you guys wanted to release two versions of the track. Um, well, the, 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 the version that's just ours, we actually had that version a while and we you know, loved that version of it and did it. And one thing that that song kind of features, you say with the vocals, you know, Bev's got her own thing as an artist, you know, Bev Wild, she can sing with anybody and do her thing. Me as a vocalist, I don't really have that many um, as just a vocalist, but something really cool happens when Beverly and I sing together, like just the way our, uh, the timbre of our voices just uh, meld together, especially like when you're singing low parts, sometimes you can't tell if it's Bev's voice or my voice, so we just have this cool sound that we get together. So we wanted to feature that on this, that song. So it's really just about getting that sound. And, you know, we, we finished it, but we also wanted versions that were more clubby or, or dancey or, or, you know, stuff that you could play at festivals. And that's not what we do, but we have lots of friends who do. So we just sent the vocals to Omer because Bev had worked with him on um, In Dreams with Danilo. And he loved it and he just built his cool track all around that. And, and, you know, we love that. And it just happened that, you know, he 
wanted to release our version as well as his version on, on his label and you know put his out he put his out first and it just sounds great made a cool video with it and then just followed it up with just what we do so it's just kind of a cool piggyback thing rather than just making our sound clubby and festival we just do our thing and then our friends exactly. our friends can tweak it and make it their thing and what i love about that is just hearing how someone else interprets you know what we've already done it's really cool like we'll send tracks to like like joel mentioned danilo omer and some other friends that we have here that that mix and they'll you know just do a completely different thing with it it's so cool to hear you know yeah i enjoyed both versions because even though the vocals are the same it's the way Amer did it versus your your version and i mean it's it's like you mentioned you guys i mean you you like trance but it's not kind of the era and kind of what you guys are used to so having that your version it, it kind of speaks to that as well yeah um, there's nothing better like like don't get me wrong like there's nothing better especially when you're surrounded by tons of people your friends and then like this drop hits and like these epic synths come on and you get goosebumps and you're just like yeah <laughs> i mean there's just nothing better like that's trance for me in that whole world but like as an artist it's just not me to do like that all the time but like those moments that trance captures is the best like it's the best vibe yeah and i think we've come to realize that our strength is in melodies and right like just yeah more traditional pop, songwriting like pop almost and then to be able to give it to someone like omer and he does what this thing is what he does well and it's just a cool collaboration yeah and and like for me like especially with with these songs too i have a tendency st stylistic wise i don't know if it's being add or whatever but i have so many melodies so many parts so many things that i just i put in our stuff and we do where that doesn't fit in trance words. Yeah, <laughs> a kick drum, a vocal, and a cool synth, and you got you got yeah. your trance track. Right, like I, I, I like I said, I, I'm a huge trance fan, but I'm also I love house and I love techno, and I, I lately I've been really into like what they call progressive, right? Just the lower BPMs and mm -hmm. like your your tracks and and some others that are being released. So. So you mentioned that you guys are getting into re-releasing some tracks you've had from the past. Uh, are you looking to eventually do an album or are you just going to continue like EPs or kind of? Our, our goal about... It's Go just like, what, you know, not, rather than doing a whole record, like a whole album, we kind of just have this plan to release one song every couple of months. And then like, you know, every now and then doing remi having friends do remixes of, of those songs. And then at the end, like in a year from now or wherever, just take that whole collection of songs and put it out on an album. Cause it just works better one song right now for just, you know, cause people's attention span is just crazy short. So doing a whole album just doesn't feel right right now. It just feels better to just get a song, a vibe, and then move on to the next song and vibe and then the next and plus time wise we don't have the time to do a whole we know what it takes to do a whole album of like 10 or 12 
songs. It's just so much time. So we just focus on yeah, the, you we know, have day jobs. So we, <laughs> we, we can't do that right now. We couldn't do it justice, but you know, we do what we can. That was it was cool and we um we started out we first released Libertine. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that track, but um we that was like the first music video we've ever done as well. And then we also had some remixes of that of Libertine by uh Danilo did a really cool remix. So we're kind of just building as we go, you know, we'll release the song and then do a remix, have somebody do a remix. So that's what we're doing right now. Well, you just mentioned, I was just about to talk about the, your new music video. Um, so I guess I thought it was really cool that you went to the Space Center, like the Kennedy Space Center. Um, can you talk about like production for your music video for this new track? Cause like there's not many, well, especially in this COVID area, there's not hasn't been really released many videos released. So it's nice to see that there's music videos still being released. But can you talk about kind of logistics and, and kind of filming the video? Yeah, we knew we knew. Uh, you know, I talked with Omer and I just I texted him and said, "Wouldn't it be cool to do a video for this song?" He's like, "How would we do that?" We didn't decide, so we just kind of brainstormed and we didn't know. And then one night, I woke up like at three or four in the morning this doesn't happen too often but i just like had this whole thing in my head with video i'm like okay I could have footage of omer just playing and and then the song the you know all the you know bills and and that song it feels like a rocket going off it just feels like takeoff it's just like that just kind of felt the vibe so i was like seeing launches in my head while he's playing and i'm like me and beth grew up you know, here in Florida, we, we live in Orlando now, but we grew up in Brevard by the Space Center. We saw yeah. we saw rockets going off all the time. So we're like, that's cool. It fits our vibe. And I'm like, is the Space Center open during this COVID thing? And it was. So we were like, let's go to the Space Center. So we went with um with um our son's girlfriend. She's um a model and she she knows how a camera works and this and that. So we just took my my um iPhone eleven. I had this cool app that that records like high quality video and she you know, when it's the cool thing about COVID is hardly anyone was there so we went to the rocket garden which side note we saw Duran Duran playing that rock garden but we'll go back to that but we went we went walking through that we went walking through that rocket garden and just had her film and then we sent all that footage um to Omer um and I told him about that get a whole bunch of footage of nasa archives and then mix it with yours and then he has a friend who who edits and so he sent all that conveyed it to his friend who was like in pakistan somewhere i don't know where doesn't speak english so i couldn't talk to him so it went from me and my idea to omer explaining to him to him to this guy to edit and they did an amazing job i mean we, he sent back a couple roughs and we're just like that's great and just tweak it here tweak it here show this and that it was it and it was like really low budget really Quick, but it just kind of it just it just felt it right worked. it worked so well i thought it was really creative so hats off to you guys because a lot of music videos these days are pretty boring in my <laughs> opinion so i i thought it was great specifically because a lot of us who love trance kind of equate trance with space so okay. so yeah. it just worked kind of perfectly so it was great um 
So awesome. So I kind of want to go back to something you touched on earlier about attention spans in albums. Do you think the music industry is kind of going through a recaliber of, of just releasing tracks? Do you think albums are kind of an old hat kind of way of releasing music? I mean, I, I think so. That's what it seems like when you see there's just so much out there. You know, you go online and there's just people are just throwing tracks out all the time, it seems like. And I miss a lot of them. I have to go back because I'm like, oh, that came out. I didn't realize it. So I do kind of miss those days of when you, when you had like a, an album. I mean, if that's what, if that's what you mean. Like, I, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, and specifically, I think it's also exclusive to electronic music. Not too many artists are releasing more than maybe two or three songs or five songs at the max these days, unless you know who, they're- That is, is who I really respect is uh, Eric Prids. Like his, he releases tracks, but, but he, you know, does whole albums and like a, a journey from start to, to finish, you know, like the, this is a whole thing. I really like what, what he does in, in that genre. And I think some artists, not so much in electronica, but have that vibe like Tame Impala, like his records are, are a journey that you just have to listen to from start to finish. And you get more from it that way. And I think a lot of people want to do that. I mean, I hats off to Marcus for, for doing that on some of his releases where you just do a whole journey. I mean, there's still people who want to do that. And the real music heads who love music, they'll go back to um, older albums and really get it and kind of, if they start liking it, seeing it, and, and the artists think it's something people want, they'll do it because they're more than, they want to take people on those journeys. It's just, I don't know culturally if you can keep people yeah. for 60, world, you know, 45 to 60 minutes. Yeah, I'm just curious because, I mean, I, I, I love old albums, like just the whole idea of have going on a journey, but I also understand kind of how things are changing and attention spans. So it's just curious to see different artists do different things. Um, I do know that BT released a new album as of yesterday. So, and he, yeah, like you mentioned BT being an influence, like he's one of my favorite artists just because he's a composer. He, he, he builds his own software and then he like creates these epic masterpieces. So that's awesome. Yeah. So um, I did want to touch at on like influences kind of to continue. What is, I, I, you know, I've followed some of your posts for a while, but what is it about, I kind of, I love it, but what is it about kind of the eighties genre that kind of hit you guys to, as much because I love the 80s and a lot of people look at me when I say that funny but um what what kind of about that genre specifically and Duran Duran that you've mentioned that kind of hit close to home well it's basically what I grew up with so I know I'm I'm aging myself right now but um but you know that was my I mean my formative years you know through high school just it was all the 80s stuff. And I, I love the new wave kind of side of the 80s, probably a bit more than Joel did. He was more into the Smiths and some industrial stuff. But I don't know, I just, the whole sound, it's like Duran Duran, especially because, you know, I am a Durani. But I think they just had that thing where the music is just 
it just celebrates things all the time. It's happy. It just, you know, great melodies. And I love all the synths and, you know, just, I don't know. Um, I just always kind of connect with that kind of sound. Um, I loved Missing Persons, you know, just all that kind of new wave thing going on, Blondie. Um, I don't know. It's, it just—it's kind of—it's kind of in our DNA because as we're <laughs> as we're learning, you know, as, as kids as we're like learning how to sing, how to play guitar, like learn that style. Just kind of—it just got imprinted on us, and then there's that whole thing, and then just the nostalgia of the sound. But I love like stuff from the '80s. Like I listened to it on vinyl and had it. But what's even better for me right now is you know people like uh, Lane Eight and all these different younger guys who are putting the 80s synths and the sound and the vibe mixed with real modern dance grooves. And it's just like, it's maybe not even just intentional, it's just, it's happening. And I just, I love it. Cause you can like, like last night, just messing around on a, on a mix. I've, I'm playing a track that just came out this month and it has a total 80s feel. And then I slammed in Eurythmics Sweet Dreams underneath it. And just like, it just like, fit perfectly like they were like you know they worked, worked together perfect so it's kind of fun people like that style now so well i also think it's kind of due to like the nostalgia part of it but also because music a lot of modern music now not even just electronic but a lot of pop is very there's just not not much depth to it and like the old like 90s and 80s and going back they're it was more into songwriting and honing the craft. And I think people are starting to realize like, oh, that, that was the good old days. So. Mm -hmm. It was cool too, like in the nineties, because we, like Joel mentioned, we started listening to like Cordishead and <clears throat> Sneaker Pimps. And we did some kind of trip hop stuff back then um, without really knowing it was trip hop, but that was the kind of stuff we were listening to. But I would say too, though. I mean, I'm more, more like I have big nostalgia for the '80s. But even just outside of dance, I'm more excited about music now than I really ever have been. Because there's some real, even stuff I don't really listen to. Like, um, you know, our son is a big, huge, you know, weekend fan. Like, just loves it. And this is not my jam at all. But listening to that, it's really freaking good and like the engineering and the, the, the production and then the melodies that they pulled off and then the there's just there's music out there that's has some depth and even like the poppy stuff like harry styles that poppy you know boy band stuff there's some art and yeah. great songwriting in that stuff too so there's stuff there you just gotta weed through a lot of crap but, <laughs> but thank god it's not just a couple radio stations like you can just listen to anything you just got to know where to look you know and that's that's partly what me and bev are known for among our friends is we're kind of the music filters like nicholas <laughs> music nicholas music snobs <laughs> they're like how joel and bev play the music they always play good stuff we don't know where to find it but just... and as i said one of the artists that we really Enjoy is Rufus Dussault. Oh my gosh! Um, yes. Yeah, I would have to agree that he, he produces he, some tracks that are like amazing. I never get impressed at shows like 
like never. Like I'll go to a show yeah, he's hard too. and I'll be just like, oh, this is, this is, this is bullshit. This is not, this is, this is okay. oh, the sound that's not right. But, but we went to see them at Hard Rock here in Orlando. There's just like a thousand people there. And from, from the opening song all the way through, we were both captivated and we would just start, turn to look at each other and just be like, oh my gosh, because we've listened to them, but then to see them do that music playing it live, those guys are like Yeah, because it's the top. DJ thing going on, but they're also playing instruments and they're connecting with the audience. Mm-hmm. It's just a cool thing. So, yeah, so them live and then like another live band, which um, is amazing to see. And it's actually funny because, you know, one of our best friends, like, like uh, he, you know, seen him since he was a kid is that group uh, foster the people you know who they are Amazing. yeah up, up i've heard band. their stuff yeah good stuff they did that pumped up kicks and they did all that kind of you know pop stuff but like they play live and it's killer like just amazing live band well you you mentioned kind of like the pop i was surprised um about so when I was younger I wasn't like into their music when they were I guess the height of their youth but the new Jonas Brothers album is like (laughs) amazing and it's like okay so when people mature they create better music so um that kind of goes back to what you were saying about just kind of having to wade through and find what is being released that is quality music um so awesome well, I don't want to take up too much of your Saturday, you guys. I just wanted to highlight the music you guys are creating and kind of get the word out about what you guys are doing. So for the listeners out there, uh, where can we find you on social media? I think the best place right now is, is Instagram, um, Wilds Official. It's just yeah, on there. the Wilds Official. That's the easiest. And um, YouTube, we're still building our channel and all that but we'll give you a link to that and then all the others just so many it's either the wilds or the wilds official or but the best one is is and the easiest is on instagram awesome well thanks guys and i will put those links in the description and i appreciate you joining me on my podcast yeah thank you thanks for having us Thank you for listening to Trending Topics with BB. Hope you enjoyed the episode. To show your support and join the community, please become a patron at patreon.com slash ttwithbb, where you can get exclusive access to episodes and more for as low as a George Washington, which is $1, and as high as an Alexander Hamilton, which is $10. Your support on Patreon would mean the world to me, and then all additional information on this podcast can be found at trendingtopicswithbbpodcast.com. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or inquiries, please email at ttwithbbpod at gmail.com. Thank you.